Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I like his teeth. I think they're, yeah. I think they're, I think they're nice. Welcome back to the front three, ladies and gentlemen. Alongside me today is Statman Dave. Oh. It's the Statman from Manchester. <laughs> you never know what's going to come out of Dave's mouth. <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, and Lawrence is here as well. Lawrence, how are you? Hello. How you doing? Yeah, very good. Thank you. How are you? Good. I'm tired. I'm very tired. Um, really? Have you just had a child or something? <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was thinking, oh, yeah, I was come on. So, oh, you know, I'm really tired. Uh, the neighbors are having a party. Woe is me. Um, I realized I was probably not going to go very far with you. He's <laughs> got a newborn baby. <laughs> Uh, but I was just talking to Dave pre-show as well, and he's he's very tired himself, you know, for a, a perfectly legitimate reason yeah. as well, aren't you, Dave? Yeah, you see, you an know, adult when you, <laughs> and a very adult reason. With Warzone coming out just pre-lockdown, you've got to commit to the win still, Lawrence McKenna. Right. So okay. you know, three victories yesterday. I, I call it the hat trick on Warzone, um, but it kept me up quite late. He was playing PlayStation, Lawrence. Look at this. It's like, I'm, yeah. I'm sure. At what time are you up to, Lawrence? Are you up late? I my bedtime i very quickly adapted to the fact that i'm not ever going to have eight hours sleep ever again really um oh. so uh i go to bed about 1 a.m i wake up about you know maybe an hour later or so maybe you wake up a little while after that it's not honestly it really isn't that bad it's not that bad okay, like that's good. i don't I, a lot of men and a lot of women as well do this thing where they go they're like oh you know it's terrible you'll never sleep it's awful it's like a war zone uh, really uh, <laughs> Hon- yeah it is what is honestly there are, i know there are a lot of guys listening to this it's not that bad like you will be fine and you just have to be like yeah it's cool don't worry about it like, I, i'm on camera every day and i think the good thing for me is my look is already i look like shit so <laughs> this is that's my aesthetic but no one seems to have noticed any difference so what you're so you can basically dave for example won't have to change his lifestyle when he has children, he can still oh, play PlayStation until 1 a.m. in the morning. Here's the thing, Dave. You, yeah. You just leave the baby on your chest, Dave, and the baby thinks, ah, oh, quality time with daddy. You're oh, actually yeah. going, yeah, quality time with yeah. the MP5. Oh. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. Am I right, boys? Time to get some dubs. <laughs> Very it's good. Make me feel old, Lawrence. I mean, I do play this game. Um, I'm not quite yeah. as expert as Dave, but I feel there's 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 a there's a difference happening. You know, like you're being kept up by children. I'm being kept up, and I'm complaining about noisy neighbours. Dave is still playing the PlayStation till the early <laughs> hours. There's, there's, <laughs> there's, there's, there's a you know the funny thing now, you know. My, well, my friend actually sent me a picture the other day of us when we first started the front three oh, in like the offices so where you were. So 
at the time. And we, we ba I basically looked at that picture and thought, I literally had no worries in my life. <laughs> like, like no issues. Just breezy. Just breezy. There was, was it was easy. so easy. I was yeah. I looked awake. I you know, I looked relatively in good shape. Like things were just so great in my life. And very little has changed if I'm honest, Boltwood since then. Yeah. So uh, just adulthood fantastic. has happened. Um, I also think, yeah, like you just get like I, some people want to lament age or want to lament being, you know, uh, not in your early 20s anymore. Mm. I don't really see it as an issue. Like, it's really not a problem for me. Well, Lauren, speak for yourself, mate. I'm still 21 in my head. Uh, me, wait, Dave goes to bed at what time do you go to bed, Dave? Uh, it's quarter to three. I'm going to try and join you, Dave. I'm going to try and reclaim my youth. Pretend I'm 21 again and stay up till three in the morning playing PlayStation. Exactly. I'm in. I would you love the front three. The front three streaming Call of Duty, uh, <laughs> of Duty Warzone would be amazing. I think Dave would get quite annoyed with us. Have you managed to statize this game? Do you have you got the statistics down for this game? Are you like Mate, you know, I, have you got expected kills? I always kills? look at my stats. Yeah, bro, I always look at my stats after if, every game. Yeah, but Dave, have you got expected kills? Have you oh, got like you know? Yeah. Okay. I've basically got the um, how many kills I need to get to get to a certain point of having a certain KD ratio, and that's the aim that I want to try at the moment. Wow. Okay. KD ratio, but with for anyone, it's kill death. Yeah. Kill, kill death. death. Just, just do it. Yeah. You're a good gamer, Lawrence. So I um, yeah, I am. Uh, yeah, I know my. Uh, I'm no noob, huh? Oh, hey, I don't know. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm breaking up all the connections. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, mate. Let's... Wait, when you say thirty something, it makes me sound like I'm like thirty-five or something. I'm in my it's early thirties, right? Forty-year-old McKenna. We should talk about We're some football, to be honest. Um, yeah. That's what we're here for. Uh, we're going to talk about Manchester United today, talk about Chelsea as well in the battle for the top four. We're going to finish by talking about Thiago Alcantara. Is he on his way to the Premier League champions? Uh, before we get into all that, though, I did want to talk about this new rule that's going to come in oh, yeah? officially this morning. Well, they're extending the rule. Um, okay, right. The International Football Association Board has decided to extend the five substitutes rule to cover all of the 2020-21 season. Um, pretty negative reaction to this, I think it's fair to say online. Immediate negative reaction. Um, Dave, what do you make of this? A lot of people are saying obviously it favours those clubs with deeper squads, with bigger budgets. Um, what, what's your thoughts? It, it favours squads uh, or teams that develop youth, in my opinion. It means that youth players can get more minutes. So people that actually work on an academy and, and work on that base will, will, you know, improve their squads. I understand what people are saying. Obviously, City have got an unbelievable bench, probably, you know, the best in the league by a mile. But at the same time, I think this is better for... This is where the game's going. I think tactically, there's a lot more that they could do. I've been very disappointed what, what, with what managers have done tactically. I think there's a lot more you can do with it, whether they're being conservative because it's the back end of the season and they've got to get results, fair enough. But they should be changing the shapes more with the, for, with the changes. Look, if you're a goal down, why not put on three strikers? Then when you've got, got back into the game, when it's 2-1, revert, bring on two defenders. Why? There's a lot more to come from it. I'm kind of excited that it's, it's staying around. And I think it will give young players more minutes, which ultimately is, is the, you know, is the benefit to the game of football. Mm. Do, you, do you agree with that, Lawrence? Um, I, I mean, being an American football fan and a basketball fan, I'm very much into the idea of, you know, playing with the substitutions. You see uh, special teams coming on in American football where they're very, very like Dave's almost talking about where bring on strikers and specialize your team in whatever the goal is that you need at that point. Um, and the same in basketball, you know, you roll people on, you roll people off. And it, it feels very similar the more subs you get. Obviously, we're not roll on, roll off at this point. But um, I, I, I see the benefit of that as well. I also see uh, the negative side that, you know, for instance, Dave in his stat collection, they, it's going to affect 
um, statistics for some players, maybe minutes played for some guys who are seen in, in the more specialist position. Maybe it's going to affect uh, how you roll people off like a Ronaldo if you want to manage minutes, for example, when as before you might have left Ronaldo on and you might have just left him tired on the left wing. I don't know. So there's a lot. I, I get what Dave's saying. I think it's actually, I think it's really positive because uh, I, it's definitely also going to reduce injuries or you'd hope it would reduce injuries in the game. Uh, maybe we'll find that, you know, fresh substitutes get more injuries than players who are tired. I don't know. So maybe there's a, a difference. But mm. um, I personally think it's a good thing. And uh, I actually, I agree with Dave. I think it, uh, especially bringing on youth, bringing on more people. I also think making more subs earlier on in the game would, yeah, would, that's one. That could be, be cool. much more revolutionary. There's so many different ways that you can use it. I personally think towards the end of the season, managers have basically been told, look, don't take the piss here because, you know, this is a very quick rule change. Um, I wonder if that will change next season when it becomes a bit more of a normalized rule and it, it feels more like a level playing field for the entirety. Maybe people will have had a bit more time to address that in their squad as well and go, right, if we have five subs, you know, maybe Liverpool are now going, right, well, maybe we keep a Shakiri then or maybe we keep you know, someone like that. So I think it, it, it does have big impact. Yeah, it's obviously going to be extended for next season because of the the, the limited, Corona, some yeah. of the limited pre-season that we're having. Um, and it's still going to be a, a tough schedule next season for a lot of clubs. Do you want to see it extended beyond that day? There hasn't been talk yet of this becoming normalised, but are you saying that you'd, you'd want to see this become a, a, a permanent rule? Yeah, I think it does. Yeah, I think football needs to move on with some of its rulemaking. And I think the steps need to be pushed forward you know, who everyone would have called me crazy if I would have said, you know, got to get rid of, you know, got to have the, you know, offside trap in. You got to, you know, keepers. You can't pass back to a goalkeeper. But they've made big steps in in the game, so I'm all for making changes. And I think the five subs is, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. I really do. I think it makes a lot of sense for the, for the team, for the sport. Um, I, you know, it just means that you've got 16 players now that potentially could be marketable as well. So the game kind of grows. Everything kind of great. It kind of makes sense across the board. Yeah. Um, and I'd, again, I'd like to see people using it more, but it's, yeah, it's an interesting one. I think they're playing their way into it. But I, yeah, I, I just think that I don't see any, I don't see any negative to it at all, really. Well, I also think Dave was right in the youth side of things where actually uh, not only was he talking about young guys coming on the pitch and getting a chance, I also think it gives you an opportunity to start younger guys because yeah. you go, cool, let's roll the dice here. And if, you know, so for instance, take Mason Greenwood as an example, clearly at Manchester United, there is a lot of belief in him and we can all see why at this point. He's a very audacious talent. He's got a long way to go, but you know, you get what I'm saying. But Ole Gunnar Solskjaer can now go, okay, well, I could start him. And feasibly, if he's not having a good game, I've got a spare sub or one or two to be able to take him off or change the game with, the, with a Martial or someone like with that. With that youth element, though, does that not does that not go back to the same argument about the, the clubs with the bigger resources, with the the more well-funded academies, the, the more you, yeah, I guess infrastructure? It's, it's a bit like there was a show I was listening to ages ago, but it's always stuck with me about how... They wanted to get rid of wolves, uh, not from the Premier League, but from a forest in uh, North America. And they it had unforeseen repercussions on the ecosystem that uh, they just didn't see uh, coming. So, for instance, there was more uh, erosion in the river. So the shape of the river changed more. Uh, certain fish couldn't go down that way anymore. Uh, what I'm basically saying is there's small changes when you change a tiny thing in the ecosystem mm. that you can't necessarily see coming. So, for instance, it might actually be that we don't see the biggest change in the Premier League. It might actually be 
we see the biggest change in the championship, where, for instance, Rian Brewster is currently on loan to Swansea uh-huh. City. If Liverpool have an extra sub next season, they go, OK, well, maybe we can change the strikers up. Maybe we keep a younger. Maybe a Mason Greenwood or a Tammy Abraham from a few years ago wouldn't go out on loan and would actually stick around with the, not I'm saying Mason Greenwood needed to. But, you know, hmm. there's a lot there's a lot more there. The thing that I think needs addressing is less about the subs. I think that's actually good for the game in the short term and probably shows where the game is going because we're, we've got more physical exertions on the players anyway, just purely because of what they're being asked to do, especially when it comes to pressing, which will only go further. It, Sorry, Dave. That's got a great point. Like, so imagine, right, you, you you play your front five and you basically, yeah. they work like dogs for like 60 yeah. minutes and then you just, or, or even a half. Like yeah. you press like shit for half and then you flip it at half time and you play another team. Yeah. And, and I think and that, that, that's a really interesting point, I think. I, I, but also, I think there are teams that can, like Liverpool probably is a team that could afford to do that or probably, probably could do that. If you played your back five of, you know, you have Fabinho just sitting in front of the defence. When Liverpool, uh, if Liverpool were to get Thiago, which I'm sure we'll come on to later, you could feasibly play Jordan Henderson and James Milner in the first half keep it very defensive. In the second half, you could just massively press an opposition mm. that's very, very tired with Naby Keita and Thiago running the game at the back. Th- there's loads of options there. Um, I think the thing that I, I don't want to see extended is managers being able to talk to their team during the break. Because I think, I mean, well, I mean, maybe it goes one of both ways. Maybe it acts as a bit of a timeout and maybe that's a mm. good thing. So managers can make some uh, adaptations. But so far, I've not seen it have the revolutionary change that you maybe would want it to. I'd rather see the players stay in the middle and uh, not be able to speak to their manager, have a water break, and that be it. That's the one that I don't like. I generally don't <laughs> like that. I think it slows the game down. I think yeah. that the, the, the good one was the game United against Tottenham, Bolt, where you sneaked away with a sneaky point. That pre that but that break, United oh, it's not were a Spurs fan anymore. <laughs> I don't oh, like to talk sorry. about Spurs. Um, no, but United were massively on top, and then that momentum was killed. And I think that ha- that's happened a few times in other games where the game was really good and then they had a water break and it kind of just sucked all the life out of it. And I think that is an issue. Is that, that uh, yeah, especially with Mourinho. I mean, maybe Mourinho needs to get in there. <laughs> he amongst sucks all the life out of everything. The hell else um, but yeah. I thought, would you not like that, Lawrence? It's almost, it feels, uh, it does feel like, as you were saying, an American sport in a way. It's in quarters now and you get that chance to, to kind of reset and potentially change the course of a game. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. And uh, and, and obviously insert another ad break in there somewhere at some point. Oh, yeah. It's much easier. Oh, for some that's staying then, isn't it, Lauren? Good idea. Um, I, I think the, the thing that I would say with that is, especially for a team that's pressing like Liverpool, you are partly thinking the opposition are going to be exhausted from this. Giving the opposition a break during mm. that time to catch their breath means yeah. that maybe a player is less likely to panic or less like because he's got those couple of minutes to regroup. He's got a manager coming over and going, you're doing great. Well done. Keep doing that to Mane or keep doing that to Salah. You don't want that as a as a pressing team. So maybe the way the game's going doesn't necessarily benefit from that. I want to talk about Manchester United. We haven't talked about Manchester United in a few weeks. Um, and obviously, it's, everything's coming up middle else. For them now, Dave, uh, it's been some turnaround. Three wins in a row. He's so games without defeat. I think it's 16 in all competitions without a loss. Um, they're now fifth, just four points behind Leicester City with a game in hand. Who they play in a few weeks, it's all in their hands in terms of their destiny for the top four. I mean, you were there at Old Trafford on the weekend for MUTV as they brush aside Bournemouth. What, what's, the, what's the mood like around Manchester United now? What's the atmosphere like around the club? 
It's good. I think it's in Bruno Fernandes' hands. I think Man United have won yeah. more points and scored more goals than any other team in the Premier League since he made his debut in the competition. Oh. But also, he's been directly directly involved in fifty five percent of those goals. His stats are, are a joke since he's debuted in the Premier League. You know, not only is he second top scorer behind Martial with seven goals, he's got six goals. He's got five assists, which is the most in the competition. He's been directly involved in 53 shots in just nine games. This man is a phenom. This is the biggest impact I've ever seen from a January transfer. And a biggest impact I've ever seen to be like, it's just fast. It's a fast impact that, that's come out of absolutely nowhere. The mood is excellent at Old Trafford. I think that the players are enjoying playing together. I think Paul Pogba's got more responsibility at the base of midfield, which is good. I still think there's aspects of his game he needs to improve, how he presses, how he defensively is aggressive in certain situations. Sometimes he can he do that at Real up. Madrid though, can't he, Dave? Oh yeah, of course. But unfortunately, COVID has, has blocked all the transfers <laughs> like that in football, which, you know, it's, it's an interesting one for Manchester United because without COVID, would Paul Pogba still be at the football club? No. No. But United now have a, an unbelievable front line as well that it's really exciting. I think, number one, Rashford's improving with his passing. Number two, Anthony Martial is pressing more. He's scoring more. He's in the box more. He's taking more touches in the penalty area. Number three, Mason Greenwood is a joke of a footballer. Like, that is the, you know, in the talent way. that he's got <laughs> is... I've never seen an 18-year-old this good. Wow. And wow. that backs nah. up, obviously, what Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has been saying a lot about this is the best finisher he's ever worked with. Obviously, you know, with the, the pedigree of player he's he's played alongside during his career. Did he play with Van Nistelrooy? Uh, yeah. He did, yeah. Cantona, Sheringham, York Cole. Um, just, just a little Van Nistelrooy segue. Sorry to dive back in. Please do. The way that Martial scored his second goal, I think, against Bournemouth yeah. was very rude Van Nistelrooy-esque. He was offside, he was offside, he was offside, he was offside. Just checks in, opens his gate up, side puts the ball home. So, like, it was very, very, very... You've rude, got the, um, yeah, you've got the yeah. reincarnation of Ruud van Nistelrooy there. And then in Mason Greenwood, the reincarnation of Robin van Persie. I hate that comparison. It's so lazy. It's the laziest thing I've ever heard in my life. Why? Because Mason Greenwood is unbelievable on both feet. Well, go on, mate. Who's Persie. he like then? We need, to, we need to say who he's like, Dave. You need someone he's who he's like. like. He, he isn't like anyone. He's an individual in the system. No, Dave. Um, <laughs> I just think it, it's... He doesn't... Is it Cruyff? Like, he doesn't strike the ball like Van Persie. His gait is a little bit similar to Van Persie, but that's about it. Like the way that he runs, a little bit like Van Persie. Like, he runs a bit weird, God yeah. damn, it's so lazy. <laughs> Some of the punditry I've seen over the last few days has been shocking. Ooh. When, what was the, what, the one yesterday that I called out? He said Abemiang was like Ian Wright. He, he, I mean, he is. He's, he's a striker that, that, at Arsenal. What's wrong with that? Both audacious personalities <laughs> playing for Arsenal, Dave. What is your problem? Well, yeah. number one, Abemiang is playing on the left wing at the moment and scoring from the left wing. But yeah, yeah. hey, Lawrence, <laughs> it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> and did Ian Wright, did Ian Wright, Dave, ever go on the left wing at any point or ever yeah, straight towards the left career, wing? Yeah, whole career, mate. Whole career. Played yes. left wing, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. You know. Let me bring it back to Manchester United, specifically Bruno Fernandes, because as you're saying, you can't underestimate his impact. But I just want to understand exactly what he's he's brought to this side that seems to have unlocked so much around him. Obviously, he's playing in a slightly more advanced position. He's started pulling the strings. What is he? What is this magic ingredient that he's bringing that was missing before? Look, guys, this is what I was missing. I've just screen shared. Right, it's a picture. Oh God, of Bruno right, we've entered some sort of PowerPoint presentation for those at home. <laughs> Good for the, look, the audio after, listeners. Look at that. Right, this, this, Dave, this your is tabs Bruno's are a mess, got. mate. Oh, sorry, guys. But look, okay. right, this is oh, wow. this encapsulates Bruno Fernandez. This paints the picture. All right, 
Just just made an impact on the pitch. Just bagged the free kick. I think this is just after he scored the free kick, right? Look yeah. at that smile. Yeah. We, we, for, that smile. For the is at home, is, we are is, watching or looking at a smiling smile. Bruno, Bruno Fernandez. Bruno Fernandez. Bruno's got his little little teeth sticking out. So his little little top teeth. Oh, yeah. His little sort teeth. Like, yeah, big enough. Wow. Dave, would you say his teeth are small like uh, Ronaldo or small like Nani? Because he's Portuguese. So which, which player is oh, he like? Oh, good point, Lawrence. I like his teeth. I think, yeah. that, I, think that, I think they're nice. <laughs> I think he's got good teeth. But that little smile, right? Next time you look at a Bruno Fernandes picture, have a look for that smile. And that is infectious. And that wow. is not only... That is him as a player. He's infectious in, in his attitude. He's infectious how he defends off the ball, how he organises the team in and out of possession, how he drives the attack, how he gets on the ball, never hides, drops deep, pulls left, pulls right. This is an absolute phenom. But I think this picture sums him up. Yeah, I, I guess the other thing is, Dave, I actually quite, I'm, what I'm hating or loving right now is that I actually quite like this Manchester United team. They're actually quite likable in the same way as I like this Chelsea team, in the same way as I like quite a few of the oh. young sides coming through at the moment. And weirdly, I mean, the only player that I don't really like, maybe it's because he's also successful, is um, Phil Foden. He just doesn't, <laughs> you know, but... Maybe I will like him in a few years' time, but I really like Rashford. I really like uh, Greenwood. You know, I really like Tammy Abraham. I, all these guys seem like good guys who are also able to play football. I kind of want there to be, you know, I want them to be a bit James Bond bad guy-ish, but they're not. They're just <laughs> nice guys. They're just likable. Yeah. yeah, it's annoying. How The thing is, Dave, how excited are you getting or how excited can Manchester United fans be? Because obviously, as I said, this has been some revitalization from where they were at the start of the season since the restart. And since, as you're pointing out, Bruno, Bruno Fernandes has come in, it's been an unbelievable turnaround, but how confident are you that they can carry this form into next season, that they can evolve and go into that campaign and put in a sustained challenge for the top four? Do you think that's realistic? How far can this, this enthusiasm, this optimism go? I can go far. I think United will be the, easily be the third best team in the league. I think that's that's standard. I think Chelsea's defence wow. over the course of a season isn't really good enough. I think we've seen that with the, some of the goals they've conceded. I think Chelsea, in a way, kind of frustrate me. I don't massively like watching Chelsea at the moment. I think they are very frustrating. They lack a few oh, things in we'll the side. Them. Don't worry. We'll um, don't worry, Dave. I think with United, it's we like a few players away. I think if David De Gea continues letting in the ball in his near post, then that's somewhere where you might have to look at recruitment. I think he's not as good with his feet as other keepers in the league, Edison and Allison. Um, and if he's not doing what he really does well, which is save shots, that you know that's his default goalkeeping set. Uh, like mm. he's got a bit of a problem. I think you've got to look at potentially having another centre half in there. Um, I think Maguire really needs someone with pace next to him, like a, a quick defender next to him. I think we saw Bournemouth isolate Lindelof quite a few times with either Stanislas or whether Solanke pulled onto him and then just chip it into the channel. I think you need someone that's quick that can get across the ground. I think at left back, for the system to truly work, and I still think there's a few things that needs to be done. I think you need a left back that can attack, that can actually deliver a ball, that can actually you know slow himself down in the final third. I think uh, in central midfield, defensive midfield, I thought Matic getting a new contract was well-deserved, but the length of it doesn't make sense to me. Is it a four-year contract? Three-year contract. As a DOF, like, right, I wouldn't wow. be doing that. Um, mm. So that's a question mark there. I think the interesting thing is, the, the, the question that's posed because of Mason Greenwood is, why do you need Jadon Sancho? Mm. Why do you need Jack Grealish? Well, you need those two players to improve the squad. And if United want to get back up to the right level of, Chelsea, of uh, Liverpool and City, they need to have an unbelievable squad. So that makes both the signings sense. Like, makes sense to get both those signings. But... 
before United do buy someone like Jaden Sancho, do they need to improve that first team squad first before they sign someone? Because like Mason Greenwood has been a, has been incredible and needs to continue playing football. So you need his development to continue. With Jaden Sancho there, does that minutes get cut, like we were saying, or does the fifth sub rule help him out in that situation? So I think there's a real sort of point now with United's recruitment of where do they actually go. I think I, think I would sign Jaden Sancho just because he is that good. Like he has got Lionel Messi numbers in in players under twenty three, like Sterling had similar thing, like an umber, like so far away from his peers, you've just got to get him. But then I think the recruitment around that needs to be good enough. And I think that is where United needs to maybe look. I think defensively, 130 million for Maguire and Aaron Wan-Bissaka isn't value. No shit, isn't Dave. value in the market for what they are. <laughs> and I think that's something United need to evaluate is if they're going to buy a left back for a similar price from the Premier League, they're going to have an issue. Like I am not, I, me personally wouldn't be recruiting in the Premier League at all right now. I think there's no from value in the, the Premier League. Right. So I'd be buying from abroad, full stop. Wouldn't sign anyone from the Premier League. Uh, I'd get my, you know, young, talented players from my academy, English players from the academy, and that's how I'd grow that. And that's where I'd, my focus would be that. But I think that's the side of it, that look, there's, there's players coming through, Mejbri, uh, Mengi, who are supremely talented young players that could come into the squad at attacking midfield at centre-half. Like, this is the thing. There's question marks for the recruitment process at the moment of Manchester United of what they do next. But I would mm. say focusing on a centre-half and a, and a left-back and a goalkeeper would be the way I would go right now. A first choice goalkeeper? Well, this is the thing. If Like, David De Gea has been bad the last two years. Like, we can't not what, look at that. What do you put that down to? Because I've seen some suggestions that it could simply be complacency. You know, awarded that huge new contract, isn't pushing himself enough, and therefore the standards have, have slipped. Maybe. Maybe that's a very good point. Right. I don't know David personally. I don't know how he trains. I don't know how he performs mm. on a day-to-day basis, but that makes sense to an outsider looking in. I think you could also look at it that like his peak was incredible. United right. came second in the league and he saved like 16 goals that he shouldn't have saved. 16 goals. Like that is incredible. Like he peaked massively for about three seasons. Like he was the best, best goalkeeper on the planet. Like we've got to, Remember that players aren't like Messi and Ronaldo. Like they have peaks. <laughs> maybe yeah, maybe the peaks. Like you look at the, some of the best keepers, like Dida, Casillas. There's so many keepers that I remember from European football that literally peaked for two years, and that's it. Dida was unbelievable for two seasons for AC Milan, and then yeah, he found Casillas. Casillas was 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 unbelievable for a few seasons at Real in two periods. I think Youngie was really good from like eight, 19, 80, 20. Then he had another period. That's the thing David De Gea needs to do. Edwin van der Sar-esque transformation. Have that good Oof. start of your career at Ajax. Go to uh, Juve, fail at Juve, go Fulham, rediscover your form. Then at Manchester United, you're now a smart keeper. You don't have to make the flying saves across the goal because you're positionally you're better. You're better with your feet. You understand the game more. That's what David De Gea needs to do. And if he doesn't do that, then you've got to look at the market. But would I know I know that you're an old man, so a smart keeper is one of those ones where you go, hey, goalkeeper, save that shot. And they oh, do good. it. The, the yeah. new breed. Okay, yeah, exactly. Yeah. How, just to finish on Manchester United, David, I wanted to ask, how do we, or how do you assess Ole Gunnar Solskjaer this season? Because obviously the stat during the rounds is Manchester United have now lost less games than Manchester City this season. From team. the outside... Yeah, from the outside looking in, though, I still can't escape this feeling he is a, a short-term manager. He's there until the right long-term man 
comes along. Is that an unfair assessment? Now do you think he's proving that he needs yeah. to be judged as someone who who deserves to be the Manchester United manager? I think that's really unfair. I think he's made long-term changes. He has made long-term moves. I think that's what we see from him. He's changed the, the squad. He's changed the attitude of the squad. He's got rid of a lot of the crap. There's still potentially players that need to be moved on, but that's that's the nature of football. There's, there's probably players in everybody's squad that you think, you know, Liverpool squad, Spurs, but I think you probably need to move him on, move him on. You know, he's potentially not at the right level if you want to win the Champions League. And I think that's where United want to be. And I think that's the interesting side that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has shown so far that he is the long-term man, uh, you know, giving his coaches the ability to make these tactical changes or plans for certain games. You know, United have been fantastic against the top six under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. That's the, that's the thing. They've been that good. They just struggle against bad teams. So the thing United need to improve on is their possession play. There needs to be more movement in between the lines. They need to be working, you know, the playing it forward, dropping it off, playing it through again. Like they need to do better in that situation. Dave, as a, as a tactical guy, though, you will, uh, you know, that Bournemouth or who, you know, whoever the teams that Manchester United played haven't had as much good defensive structure as Manchester United will come up against, and. Uh, I mean, you know, these are great results, but they are against teams that are particularly poor right now. But that's what United were struggling with. That is the issue. That results United against was, poor teams. Were struggling to beat the crap. That's what they, they just couldn't beat the crap. They couldn't break them down. I think that is the question that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer still needs to answer. We saw against Norwich City, United struggled without Pogba in that team. And I think that is structure that needs, like, you basically, your first eleven that you put out on a Saturday needs to have a certain style of football that will break down low blocks, right? And, and can be repeatable. And can be repeatable with Fred, with McTominay, with Pogba, with whoever, Matic, whoever's in midfield, should be the same mentality. Should be the same thing that they're doing over and over again. And it just felt, without Pogba, in that deeper role, that had a lack of penetration. They had a lack of systematic methodology of yeah. how we do this. What? How do we beat these teams? I am intrigued to see how Ole Gunnar Solskjaer fares next season, if indeed Manchester United do qualify for the Champions League this season, which I think will be an incredible achievement, given where they were when? at the start of the season. And given, well, if, given how he was spoken about. points, 11 points. Yeah, and, and given how he was spoken about at the start of the season, I think he's, I think he's proved that he deserves to be the manager um, for now. I think it's going to be interesting to see how he copes in that next campaign where I think there's going to be more pressure, there's going to be more expectation given the level of performance we've seen already. If after a summer transfer window where we see Jaden Sancho come in, where we see the defence improve, as you suggest, how that pressure sort of affects Ole Gunnar Solskjaer as a manager and, and how that, Whoa. how he's judged. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Um, Chelsea 
looking like they're going to finish in the Champions League places as well. I want to talk about Frank Lampard's uh, debut season as well at the club. Um, they're ahead of Manchester United right now. They're sitting comfortably in third after last night's 3-2 win over Crystal Palace. It's been a strong restart for them. There was that blip against West Ham, which was very entertaining and enjoyable to see. But it's five wins out of wow. six, including that win over City, uh, which confirmed Liverpool's champions. Um, and although last night's win, those three points, I think, were a lot less comfortable than they should have been, they're still a point ahead of Leicester. They're in the driving seat in terms of Champions League qualification. And again, Dave, as we're saying for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, that would be a fantastic achievement for this manager in this campaign. I think it would, yeah. I just, I think the signings were needed. Like, I don't like this Chelsea team at all. Like, I don't like wow. watching them. I just, I, I'm not a fan. I think they are boring. I think they play a really? style that I don't like. Like, I, boring. It's going goals for fun. I think but the, the goals they conceded just trigger me too much. I, it generally <laughs> annoys me. Like the uh, the you know the Yarmolenko goal, like I was fuming. That annoyed me. How they didn't deal with Antonio for pretty much an entire game annoyed me. Things like that just annoy me. Like I, I can't get past it. I'm like, well, like why why is this happening in this certain way? Like why are you not trying to affect this? You know, yesterday Leicester City versus Arsenal, right? Why has Brendan Rodgers not switched to a back four after 30 minutes? His back three was not working. They were playing 3v3 against Arsenal's front three and Lacazette was pulling them off and the other two players running behind. It was Ooh. so simple. Make the goddamn change. But going back to Chelsea, I feel like Chelsea are going to be so much better next season. They're going to have... Play- like the, 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 the Bruno Fernandes signing for Chelsea is Hakim Ziyech. Like, he is but going surely, to be that good. Surely... surely. Oh, no, surely, uh, you know, wow. when they're just playing, they're just playing Kante in defence, and they've got uh, Mount, uh, Ziyech, Werner, Abraham, Pulisic. You know, it's going to be slightly lopsided. But surely, uh, looking going into the summer, oh, we're just such a negative. Just, just, no, I'm not. I'm being, I'm being facetious. Right. But um, going into the summer, surely they need to improve in the defensive position, look to strengthen there. I know they've already got these incredible attacking players. But as you're saying, that's where the real glaring weakness is. I think it was Andreas Christensen and Kurt Zuma against Palace last night. They looked fragile. There's issues to be addressed there. Who knows if they're going to be addressed this summer, given the outlay they've already spent on these attacking options. I think that the the big side of it is like how many games that they're winning by a goal, by a single goal margin or losing by a single goal margin. They aren't being dominant because, like you say, defensively they're very poor. Like against Palace, Scott, if Scott Dan scores back post like he should have done, right at the end, hits mm. the post. Like it, it should be putting that away, given Scott Dan's ability with his head. Like that's a draw. And I think that's the side Chelsea are playing a, a really, really dangerous game at the moment where they're so open uh, in that respect. I feel well, like then Liverpool trying... are the same, Dave, because Liverpool are the team in the Premier League with the most one goal margin wins this I'll tell season. Tell you what, you, Liverpool at the moment, I don't know what's going on with that Liverpool team, but it. Like the, all their, their benefit, all the strengths, all the things that they were doing well, don't seem to be doing that at the moment. Weird. Again, like you can't let your Posting. standards drop. Posting. You can't let your standards <laughs> drop. This is the problem. If, if Liverpool continue the rest of the season like they're playing at the moment, absolute ass, then they'll, <laughs> they, they will start next season in bad form and bad great. mentality. And then that will be an issue for them. Like, me, they need to be reactive now. They need is, to be able to stop playing. This is time for Liverpool to treat... Oh, well, I'll talk about them in a minute when we talk about Thiago. But yeah, we're going to talk about... This is pre-season, Boltwood, because we've earned that right to be able to treat the yeah, end of this just, Premier League season as just pre-season. Just relax. So I don't know if you noticed, Dave, but there's already a name on the Premier League trophy, and it ain't yours. <laughs> what I have noticed, though, Lawrence McKenna... 
Is yeah. this Liverpool team's on the slide? Yeah, of course it is, Dave. You heard this, it here this first, team has been going. This team's been going absolutely tilt for a few years now. Lawrence, take a debate. It's Roberto Firmino is I've finished. Said this. I said this before, Dave. Dave, did I not text you the other day and say, is this Liverpool team done? Fortunately, it is, McKenna. There you go. Over. Thank you, Dave. Dave, we've spoken about Chelsea's attack. We've spoken about their defence. Glaring weaknesses that need to be addressed. I want to talk about their midfield because obviously N'Golo Kante and Kovacic were injured last night, um, which meant Billy Gilmore, Ross Barkley and Mason Mount were the preferred midfield for Frank Lampard. No space for Jorginho, though. Obviously, he came on in those final 10 minutes, helped them control that stage of the game and perhaps showed his value. But it does seem that Frank Lampard doesn't deem him to fit his system to fit what he's trying to do there. What do you make potentially of Jorginho leaving the club, potentially to fund a move for someone like Kai Havertz, who I keep seeing linked with Chelsea? What do you make of that? I think that, look, number one, Jorginho just needs to move on for his career. I think that he doesn't really suit Lampard's Chelsea. I think Lampard switched to Kante playing as a holding role, which will take some time for him to develop that position because for everyone saying that Kante's a defensive midfielder, he's not. He has been, for his entire Premier League career, he has been the energy midfield. He presses people. He jumps out of the shape. He's the one that's biting your ankles. He's a ratter, as I described. Just bite, goes for you. A ratter. Try, tries it. to take a like, nice. chunk out your leg. Nice. Wow. Like people it. can't do the Perfect video, but that was, that, that was an insane... It was, it was an insane <laughs> bite. I mean, if I could gift that up for people, yeah. I'd be so happy. But I'm, I'm really upset you're not recording this call. Sorry, sad, sorry. Sad, sad he doesn't have but, Zoom Premium anymore. Or oh, Boltwood, yeah, stingy. <laughs> like a good two, so that's what Kante is. He presses, so it'll take time for him to adjust. I think, I don't think that Jorginho fits in that midfield. I don't think he's a vault. I think he's still a single pivot himself. I don't think he works in a two, so it's time for him to move okay. on. I, I worry for... Kovacic, I worry for Barkley with the talent that Chelsea have coming through in central midfield. Not only Billy Gilmore, you've got George McEachern, you've got Conor Gallagher. That is it, Josh McEachern or George McEachern, his George's brother? brother. Yeah, ah. good, good players. And I think they're they're a lot more progressive. Right. I, I worry for Kovacic because he's quite sideways, and I think having Kovacic and Kante in midfield is a bit of an issue because they're both quite flat with their passing. They both mm-hmm, aren't mm-hmm. inspiring on the ball. Why Jorginho was good was because he would play forward. The issue with those two is they're quite safe. And I don't think that midfield works with a third, with Mason Mount as well. Mason Mount actually was really good. I thought it was fantastic deep. Played some really good passes from a deeper position. Um, not, this, not the Palace game, the game before. So maybe you're looking at Kante, you're looking at Mason Mount and a third. Be it a Hakim Ziyech or you know, whoever they want to play that, that would be a good midfield. But in terms of the Kai Havertz stuff, Again, recruitment-wise, you buy the player because they're that good. Like, you buy them because they are that good, like Sancho, like United. But mm-hmm. you should be buying defenders first. <laughs> yeah, so the priorities. It's, it's exactly <laughs> the same paradox. Like, they both teams need, need, need like, depth in attack, right? You're getting supreme depth in attack that City and Liverpool have. But is that the right recruitment decision? In mm. my opinion, no. But you, but if Kai, Kai Averts wants to go to Chelsea, you goddamn buy him because he's that good. Similarly to Solskjaer, Lawrence, how do you rate Frank Lampard? Because I was really looking forward when he came in to it all going wrong, it all yep. blowing up, um, yep. a Chelsea legend failing as the manager. Um, Again. It hasn't quite worked out that way. Looks out that they're, it looks like they're going to finish in the Champions League places. Um, I think overall it's been a very successful season. I know there's some issues in defence specifically that Dave's mentioned there. But overall, 
a debut season in the Premier League. I know some people accuse Frank Lampard of, of getting an easy ride, essentially, from his mates in the media. The media loveys on Sky Sports. They do love him. The ex-pros, etc. love him. Do, do, do you buy anything into that? Or do you think his achievements this season stand on their own? I think his achievements are good achievements in the first place because it's a first season for a manager who's never managed in the Premier League before. Um, and I, you know, I think putting it in that context is fantastic. I, I do think uh, Frank Lampard still has a way to go. Uh, we're, we are talking about um, this defence as if they don't have a starting centre-back for Germany in that back line. And as if... <laughs> go on, Dave. You've furrowed your brow, but there is a there are decent football players in that back line for Chelsea, and you can't. But Dave, a few months ago, you were talking about not writing certain players off for Manchester United, and I think a similar thing needs to apply for Chelsea as well, where you can't just go, "Cool, you're bad. Cool, you're not a good player." There are some players in there that could be better, either better protected or better coached, um, and I think Frank Lampard is very good at setting up an attack. I'm not sure that yeah. that back line has the confidence right now that I've seen him instill in some of the attacking players. It's a fair point, but I just, they need somebody dominant. I'm, I'm not disagreeing. It. They, it, they, it's they, more that they, I think you can still do a better job than that. Mind you, they, you know, they won 2-1 against Man City and they're a, they're a supreme attack. So. But they, I, think the, I think it's just that they, they're in that current situation where they have, they have basically four partners four players that could excel with a dominant partner. Yeah. And I think that's the problem that at the moment that it doesn't work with playing two partners. Correct. There's yeah. nobody that steps up. There's nobody that like, you know, it, it it's simple to say it, it. It's, it's easy to be like, Oh, well, they've not got a Vidic. They've not got a John Terry. They've not got a, but the problem is the mentality of those defenders <laughs> right now there isn't a leader in that back line. There's not somebody that's Agreed. taking initiative. And Kepper isn't a leader either. And Kepper isn't going to give you that. And I think Aspilicueta is waning defensively at left back. It's a hole as well. Um, and I think that is the issue that it's not that I don't believe in the four. I believe one of those four will come out good. Maybe two. I can't. Like they have to, they have to be playing at a top level. I think what we've seen from Rudiger is he gets exposed at the top level. Agreed. Kurt Zuma's the same. Rash Christensen is just all over the place right now, and then Tamore is getting not really getting a look in. And I think that is the issue that you've got these four players. One of them will come out, or maybe two of them. Maybe you're right. Like Joel Matip and Joe Gomez both look good for Liverpool. Dejan Lovren still looks absolutely toilet, but and that's why Dejan Lovren will be leaving soon. Um, exactly. Yeah. That's the thing, Lawrence. Like they're making that cut, and I'm I'm looking at Chelsea as we want to win the league vibe. I think these clubs have to take that approach. Look, if you're at the top level, you want to win the league. I also, is this yeah. player good good enough to win the league? Maybe not. We need to get that. We need to pay, you know, purchase someone to, there to, or to, the academy. To add, to add to that, Boltwood, COVID has sort of come along at the right time for Chelsea. It will allow financial fair play to be written off or whatever, which is fantastic for them, considering they're just coming out the other side of a, a transfer ban. Um, it also gave them a break, possibly when they needed it. Um, yeah. And I, I think that that's very good. It also means that other teams around them possibly won't strengthen in the way that would have brought Chelsea closer towards those teams than it will boost them towards the Liverpool. And sometimes I think that's part of it is even if you can just separate yourself from the rest of the strata of the Premier League and become in that top four, uh, and, or even just mentally within that top four, in the way that we've seen Chelsea, Leicester, Manchester United... It can make your team, it can give a team so much more status. And let's and let's not be fooled here. There is still a gap between Manchester City and the rest of the league. And I think then it goes Manchester City at the moment, 
Manchester City, and then there's a small group of about five teams, and then there's the rest of the Premier League. Well, I wanted to finish by talking about Thiago Alcantara. So the this, man this who is, will take Liverpool up to well, the this, next strata this of football. Is just it. Um, highly regarded player, obviously widely respected. Twenty nine years old. He looks set like he's going to leave Bayern Munich this summer. He's yeah. got one year left yeah. on his contract, despite yeah. the Bundesliga champions' attempts to convince him to stay. Reports suggest he's They've looking for him a, everything, Boltwood. Yeah, they've thrown the bag at him. He's, he's looking the bag. for a new. Well, he, he turned down the bag because he's looking for a new challenge. Which What's a new bag is what you think? Helping Liverpool retain the Premier League title, Lawrence. Absolutely, but now Boltwood, I'm obviously being hyperbolic in what I'm saying. Of course, and. Uh, you know, it's, it's extreme fun sometimes. Just wind up, Dave. Uh, on, on the other, uh, yeah, uh, on the other side of that, Liverpool are losing Adam Lallana. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, a vital cog in Liverpool's midfield throughout the season. The way Jurgen Klopp um, spoke about him, you'd think he was the player of the season. Uh, I mean, to be fair, Adam Lallana at key points in the season has come on and done uh, very tactically intelligent things, which aren't necessarily. Uh, at the very centre of the play. So he's come on and relieved pressure for Liverpool very often mm-hmm. when he's needed it. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also come on and played on the right of midfield, which I think uh, felt quite weak for Liverpool at the time, relieved a bit of pressure on the likes of a James Milner, those kind of players. Um, uh, but he hasn't been the, the linchpin that Liverpool uh, obviously would, uh, wouldn't even expect him to be. All I'm saying is there are personnel that are moving on. We might see, uh, we, uh, maybe we'll see Wijnaldum not sign a deal. We'll see about that. Um, I, I also think that when you look at him, uh, he doesn't necessarily fit the profile of a player that could play for Liverpool. A, injury record. Uh, B, uh, age. But he does fit their uh, signing profile in the sense that he is good at. He, he he has the potential to be very good at the Jurgen Klopp press. He has the potential to um, match statistically what Liverpool need in terms of uh, retaining and then uh, getting the ball back from the opposition because of what it, what we've seen is statistically. Bayern Munich and he also gives an extra dimension to Liverpool that we don't have in midfield at the moment which feels like a controlling vibe Mm. I don't get that from Fabinho I don't get that necessarily from Henderson and when you have a silky player who's doing something that seems intelligent even if it's not even if it's exactly the same thing just with a Cruyff turn in between (laughs) uh, that, that, that Hendo's doing then it can change things a little bit. And I, you know, I also think that this is partly Boltwood down to the fact that there are underappreciated cogs at Liverpool right now, such as Jeannie Wijnaldum, uh, such as Henderson, mm. uh, and possibly even such as Naby Keita, who's a player who has looked revitalized since the restart. So I think it, it, it A comes down to Liverpool wanting a player that makes them feel a bit like a Galactico side or a Bayern Munich and go, look, we can attract these kind of guys. And B, a lack of appreciation for what they actually have. Yeah, I mean, it would feel like a big signing. It feels like uh, a bit of a statement in a way, Dave. You could see it that way. I mean, in terms of Thiago, what, what do you think he could bring or what does he offer? What talents would he would he be bringing to this Liverpool side if he were to sign? I think the, the, the passing. I think on. the big thing is that control. I think Lawrence is completely correct that Liverpool don't have someone to dictate a game in midfield like they kind of need and he would completely bring that the team I think you could look at it in a, in a respect where you could push Fabinho into central midfield you could put uh, Keita on the left hand side and then as a, as a DM you play Thiago and that makes a lot of sense and that the ability, his ability to control the game move it around move around the press play good passes in certain areas 
makes a lot of sense. I think the the negatives of this move, number one, Lawrence, you mentioned it, his injury record, 15 injuries in the last four seasons, going from like knee injuries to groin surgery to an- torn ankle ligaments. Like the reason why Bayern Munich might not be extending his deal or they, they've moved their midfield on to now being Joshua Kimmich and Goretzka back end of the season. The level of that midfield was better than the level of Kimmich and Thiago. And I didn't think that would be possible, but it was. The issue is, is Thiago on the down? Can he sustain, you know, playing that many games for Liverpool? You know, his Bayern Munich career, he's only managed 30 games once. And that is the issue well, that Dave. you're going to be buying a player that can't play every week. But could that be right for Jurgen Klopp then? That he's going to play him in certain games and be yeah. part of the squad, which does make sense. And I think what Liverpool need to do is improve their midfield. I think Wijnaldum has been on such a high level. Henderson has been on such a high level for so long. And these players are good players but they've been elevated by Jurgen Klopp. That eventually will fall. Jurgen Klopp needs to time that right. Jurgen Klopp needs to have those replacements ready for those players at the right time. Is this the right... Is it now where these players are going to fall off a cliff? We don't know. We really don't know. But will they? Yes, 100%. I think that is the time in Jurgen Klopp needs to get right. And you're saying... I think that's what's fascinating about Liverpool right now is, you know, looking at what's happened with previous Jurgen Klopp uh iterations in terms of uh, what happened at Dortmund maybe they maybe they've got another one more season I think is the outside hope in this and I think we're still sort of reaching burnout at this point even at this point in the season which is why it's good they obviously they won the title so early in unprecedented uh, circumstances um it, it's it is going to be interesting though to um to see what they do with someone like Trent because I still think that with uh, this, with the young uh, Nico Williams, who's coming through at right back for Liverpool, who uh, you know could, could be a very promising young player, uh, we might see Trent moved into midfield, and I think that Liverpool are looking at buying time in order to do that. Dave, you're you're mouthing no. I mean, you know, a few weeks ago, people were saying similar about uh, the likes of Mason Greenwood. They were saying, "Oh, is he really that good?" Is he really that talented? <laughs> but no, no, I don't mean I have nothing to do with Williams at all. I just think Trent at fullback is where he needs to play right now. The most influential players in world football right, right now, now, though, Dave, is at fullback right now. Right, that is where the influential position is. What Trent offers from fullback is incredible. You know, not only switching the play, passing to the final third, passing to the penalty area, crossing to the box, chances created, assists, goals, everything. Don't move him. He is the best right back in world football. The, moving into he, mid what, ahead of Aaron Wambasaka, Dave. Well, Aaron's improved recently. Actually, if we're looking at his expected assists over the last ten games versus the previous twenty, big improvements. Or I think it's I see almost like one to four. He's improved. The or, funny thing is, though, Dave, after, improvement, uh, Lawrence. Have you? Uh, is that not three hundred? Okay. Uh, even uh, I, I had this debate not long ago. I got a lot of replies about Aaron Wambasaka because someone else on a show that I was on uh, falsely uh, compared Aaron Wambasaka and uh, and Trent. That was uh, that would I be very naive, stupid. I'd say, Lawrence. That would be a naive, and that would be a, that would be a straw man to set up, wouldn't it, Dave? That you just don't need. Yeah, um, I think, I think and, that maybe they're looking for something out of you, Lawrence. If they truly believe that, they probably need to spend a bit more time on YouTube watching Premier League highlights. Yeah, exactly. Or maybe they don't do that because they're a, a coach in a, another league. Um, but but the point is, though, that uh, th- both these guys can be good. I also still think that Liverpool harbour wishes for Trent to be a more central figure in that Liverpool squad because at the moment he is. Part of me worries. I'm looking at the average age for Liverpool at the moment, and obviously mm-hmm. Thiago won't be helping that. 
I think Liverpool have got something like the 14th highest age, uh, average age in the Premier League. It's quite high. It's 20, might be 20. Is it 28? I think 28. Let me have a look. I think it's 28.6. Sorry. It was either 26.8 or 28.6. And it's quite high. Uh, whereas a few seasons ago, it was actually on average one of the lowest in the Premier League. But that that probably speaks to how good their squad is, et cetera, et cetera. It also speaks to the fact they've got a James Milner in there and uh, a few other older players that raise the average age. But I still worry that when Liverpool lose that spine of leaders, is Trent at the point in his career and is he going to be at the point in his career to be able to lead Liverpool? Uh, can you also make your captain a right back, etc. Cetera, et cetera. There's so many different things. There's so many questions. Just to finish then, does this make sense to you? Because it the does. Ru- because all I'm going to say is the rumor of me always in overdrive, overdrive, obviously, with Thiago. Um, he's somebody who's been linked to Liverpool before. Jurgen Klopp has come out and spoken about how Liverpool are going to be restricted in the transfer market. They're not going to mm-hmm. be able to, to, to spend the cash like they have in previous windows. There's going to be a limit there. There's going to be a realism there. Is a 29-year-old Thiago Alcantara, the the prime need for this Liverpool side in order to retain that that championship? Or is there another position, another area they should be looking at? Uh, yeah, there are other positions. I mean, clearly you're going to need a, a backup left-back for Andy Robertson. Um, I, I think Andy Robertson has dropped off a cliff towards the end of the season because of partying as opposed to actual uh, tactics or yeah, you yeah. know anything else. He's a little bit hungover still, still in the Lawrence. He's fair play. He's fundamentally, fair fundamentally anti Andy Robertson is a good player and a lot of other left-backs in the league look at both of Liverpool's full-backs and the way that they play. Part of me worries, actually, though, that Andy Robertson is similar to a Henderson, a Milner, uh, a, a Genie Wijnaldum because he may have been improved by Jurgen Klopp uh, in... I don't want to call it a superficial sense, but Jürgen has this power to be able to temporarily improve improve players. It doesn't mean that they don't inherently have these values within them. It just means that they need to unlock those. And those aren't things that you can permanently unlock as a player because it can A, take a lot of mental strength, B, take a lot of physical uh, endurance, and C, uh, just, just mean that overall your career won't quite be as, as long or as fruitful because you are so drained from that. Um, I, I personally think that if you can afford to spend 30 million on Thiago, you could have afforded to spend 50 million on Timo Werner. Oh. So I, I don't, I don't understand. I don't yeah. understand why Liverpool would buy a 30 million pound player that they believe may drop off a cliff mm. in a couple of years when they might be able to retain another player or get someone for free or a much lower price yeah. from another team, especially when you look at what Michael Edwards has done in the past. But maybe Edwards is looking at his sim- same charts that he did for other players and gone, this guy is actually worth 30 million. Question, Lawrence. Do you think Liverpool will spend in the, in the window, in the summer window? Uh, but judging on the fact they did not buy Timo Werner, I can't see why if you turn down a transfer for Timo Werner, you would buy anyone else. I'm partly wondering, and uh, I mean, the strange thing is, uh, you know, with FFP, this would again be a perfect time to buy a player, right? I'm wondering whether there's something from the top that's basically been said, you can only spend what you can get. Uh, and, you know, Adam Lallana's off. Maybe they will move on a player and then they'll have another 20 million to add on top of that. But even then you think, well, surely then that Liverpool team have gone, right, well, we might get 15 million for him or we might get blah, blah, blah. Okay, so we can afford Timo Werner. Timo Werner seems to be the indicator that Liverpool will not spend yeah. big in this window. And I think that's fair I enough. Kind of, kind I also of think it's a problem because, again, Dave knows this from being a Manchester United fan. Refresh while you're strong. Refresh while the feeling around the club is good uh, and make your team better 
during a time when you're thriving as opposed to when you're forced to. It, it is interesting though. You've got players in the squad that could come in. Curtis Jones would be really interesting. Harvey Elliott could yep. be really interesting in the attacking sense. And, and Ryan and Brewster could be Ryan, a very Ryan interesting. Could be quite an inter- I also think Ryan Brewster needs another season on loan I agree. just to, to get the minutes. Yeah. And I, he's not, he's also not a Firmino type, and, and the Rigi and yeah, other like, players like a different player. Sadly. And I think that's maybe for Liverpool that might they might not win the well, they might not win the league next season. Like I think that probably won't happen, given if they don't recruit and City do. Like simple as that, they won't win the league. But long term, it could be quite good to give these younger players minutes and give these younger players time. Because again, going back to the thing we spoke about before, average age of squad. So I've got the list up right now. Crystal Palace have got the oldest average age of the squad, 29 years old. Manchester well, United... Roy Hodgson takes that age right up though. He does, he yeah. Does, literally so. boosts yeah. it a little bit. <laughs> uh, but Man United is, is the, the youngest, 24.6. Uh, Arsenal, second youngest. And Chelsea, third youngest. So really exciting for those three teams. Uh, but Spurs? But, uh, Spurs are rocking mid-table. They're around 10th. Liverpool are in 7th with an average yeah. age of 26.7. Uh, City at 26.8. So that's the interesting side that those two teams are championship teams. You have to have the perfect age. And I think they've got the perfect age right now. Uh, But again, I think it's about getting that that age down, as Lauren said. I think that is very, very important for Liverpool. We're also we're also looking at the fact here, Boltwood, that I think uh, all three of these (laughs) players are on the cusp of 30. Yes. What you love? I thought you were talking about. I thought you were talking about us. We're on. No, no. Sure. I, <laughs> like, look at reality. Of, yeah, we're on the cusp over the, the hill. Yeah. Um, all, all of these, all, all three of all the all of the front three are on the cusp of thirty. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, and then in many ways, once you're past thirty, you're done. You're on the scrap. Some would say. Oh, sorry, no, so, yeah, sorry, Lauren. So I think when I turned thirty, I realised the party is only just getting started, Lawrence. Sure. <laughs> and, and that is why Viagra is a fantastic pill. No, I don't need Viagra don't yet, Lauren. That's, that's only around fifty, bro. That you know, I'm absolutely fine right now. Mate. Thank you very. Thanks for asking, bro. Dave, there's no shame. No, no there's shame. No shame not, in it. No, in I'm not in saying that. Don't, you know, yeah, absolutely exactly. On that note, guys, I think that is the perfect place to leave it. I can't think of a better place to end this week's front free podcast. Dave doesn't need Viagra. He just looks at tactical maps. <laughs> yeah, that's it. it's just straight away, like a rocket. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for listening, guys. Uh, really appreciate it. Dave, thank you. You've, it's been wonderful to speak to you again. Well, well hopefully, but hopefully, Boltwood, we can uh, continue this. Lawrence, thank you so much. Wonderful stuff. Thanks for having me. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Until then, stay safe, stay healthy, and check us out on Twitter at The Front Three. Bye bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 